my voice be strong and this step be light may my learning come on this wheel of time as a breath be Spoilers, people, we are continuing what looks like to be the COVID-19 chronicles of the podcast, because unlike other podcasts that are shut down because of COVID, we're doing what we can to bring you some type of content. I think they might have opened, well, the one podcast that had closed and hadn't pivoted, pivoted as elegantly. They're back up doing live stuff now. Well, fresh. Well, uh, but I don't know if anyone else is out. Well, we're not. It's not like we're Kevin Smith that he does all the podcasts all the time. Still, yeah. But anyway, what we are is that we all have an extra chromosome. My name is Bill, and I'm Noelle, and we're going through basically our list of previous guests to be an additional voice in the carnage that is the virus. But we're gonna try to talk about other shit that'll keep people's minds off of things while we talk about news, notes, and other things. So, um, before we get to that, we'll go through and bring up the business. You can find all of our information on our website, xchromosomepodcast.com where we have all the links to our social media, our uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, um, Spotify, YouTube, Basically, the only things that we don't have is TikTok and Twitch, and I'm not young enough to TikTok. I don't have the dance moves, and I don't. I now that I have a good computer, I might try to figure out how to do the Twitch thing for sound editing. So we'll see what happens with that. So who knows what will happen? Um, but also, this will have our blog posts or any other updates for the website. It's also got links to the. It's also got live feeds down to the Twitter and the Facebook. So you can get that right on our Facebooks, our main page, if you want to look at our various feeds. Um, importantly, though, is our two links for one for Patreon. Thank you, Patreon su- subscribers, especially Vanessa, who is our exe- one of our executive producers and monthly sponsor. Um, if she, Whatever she wants to go through and give us a personal sponsorship message she's free to do so um also we have a direct payment link for paypal for people that don't want to go on a subscription but want to throw us a couple of bucks um these help for paying the bills especially when next year rolls around and also we're gonna have to start paying out some of our paywall bills for like the washington post and things like that we need to be able to access content so we can give you better future content and Right now, content is king to try to get everything figured out. Mm-hmm. And we do have sh- other show ideas in the works, but it's more the fact of it does. Will it matter in the future? So, um, but like for example, we're gonna have we're gonna be talking about um, health equity in the next week. Um, we have someone that has experience with that coming in to talk with us, um, mm-hmm. and that we're we're gonna try to do what we can in the face of this crisis, um, along with bringing you some of the things that we geek about and personal insinuates about what's going on. Yeah. And finally... I, I am um, alive. <laughs> I'm just 
a little bit out of it. It's been um, an interesting week uh, for me career-wise. We'll we're going to bring all that up because it's yeah. interesting weeks for everybody. And lastly, um, if you well, second to lastly, email us. We want your feedback. Email addresses: write us at xchromosomepodcast.com. Give us questions, comments, concerns, anything. We'll re- we'll read. We'll respond. Basically, only thing that gets sent there right now is spam messages trying to go off and get us to display bad links on our website. But we want actual content to us too. So feel mm-hmm. free. Write us at xchromosomecontent.com. I'm smart. Wow. We do that. Write us at xchromosomepodcast.com. That's write us at xchromosomepodcast.com. And lastly, we want our al- algorithms to dance. So leave us a like, res- like, subscribe, rate, review on all your podcast platforms. Um, help us so we can make the algorithms dance. So we can get people to help with the show so we can make a better show overall. Um, this is also includes writing a review on Facebook. So we want to be able to break the algorithm that they have to get our content, which is a lot of news on it. We really like hammer down news onto that Facebook page. Um, so yeah, like do all that and help us out. And yeah. we're going to get to the meat and potatoes of this to speaking of meat and potatoes. We're going to go way uh, the way back machine to our first guest. Um, I want to That's reintroduce. Right. Yep, our, I want to reintroduce Eric. Hello, there he is. Hi, Eric. <laughs> Welcome to the existential, the ongoing existential crisis that is not only this podcast but the world. It's been an adventure, hasn't it? I, I want off. <laughs> I, I'm I'm done. It there has been frost two or three days in a row here. Oh my gosh! On top of everything else. Ohio is drunk, <laughs> and we would like a refund. We had snow. What was it last weekend? This past weekend, we had snow here in Massachusetts. Yeah, oh. yeah we had a flurry. <laughs> yeah, we had snow up closer to the lake too. Um, it didn't do it here in Central Ohio, but that's not for want of trying. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not here to talk about the weather, but mm. still, the weather. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, global warming. Can you not? <laughs> On top of everything else, one crisis at a time. Never. I, I, I thought the world was healing itself, not going through this shit. <laughs> healing itself. I mean, the bonus, uh, the upside to the ridiculous weather is that it is sort of keeping people inside. Yeah, here it's been, it got nice real quick. So I live across the street from a rather large park. And so, uh, I mean, people in my town are being pretty okay about stuff, but I still see just enough people out and about, and I'm just rolling my eyes and staying in my house with my cats. Maybe if I had cats, I wouldn't mind staying in the house completely, but I need to at least try to, like, take a walk. Because for the longest time, the whole entire thing wasn't getting to me, but now it's starting to get to me a little bit. I'm getting a little bit. I'm getting a little bit of cabin fever, and it's not because of wanting to like go get my hair cut or things like that. Um, it's really because I want to see people in like yes. less than a six foot range. <laughs> Well, there is actually, uh, there is a lot of research about people being in isolation and even in stages of isolation, uh, 
because I know you, like I, live with other people. Right. Um, but even with that, there's been research on, like, people in Antarctica and people on the ISS uh, about there's a certain amount of time in what people perceive as being the uh, length of time they're supposed to be in isolation or in a place that's that's really isolated. Um, you hit something around, they call it the third quarter. And that's when everyone starts getting squirrelies because they're over that halfway point, but they realize they still have a long way to go. And so everyone starts getting a little bit uh, interesting. There's a whole really interesting article about it that I can't remember the name of naturally. Yeah. At the top, all this off. Um, I start my Adderall again tomorrow. Yay. So for those that don't know, and basically only people that know about this is people that are my friends on social media. I start the day waking up and downing a Starbucks double or triple shot in the morning. Not even gonna lie, I look forward to that picture every day. You don't know I mean, how many people have said that to me. They're like, <laughs> I didn't do it on a Saturday. They're like, where's the picture? And I'm like, it's Saturday. I don't have to work. <laughs> what you should do is at the end of all of this, like when, when you're done, uh, like make a compilation album that is just every single one of those. <laughs> I will probably go through and do... I should probably put them all in an album in Facebook anyway. Just to, just to make it easier on yourself, yeah. yeah. You can do a lot of um, scrolling there, buddy. Yeah, because <laughs> I like do like two or three pictures, and I get like, thank you, because it's like people are like, okay, there's the picture. This is a moment in time where I could like look forward to. And I'm like, all right, I will keep doing it. And I just... I just <laughs> I think that's why we're all addicted to Animal Crossing, too, because it's like every time you log on for that first time, you've got uh, Butterpup. What is her name? Whatever her name is. I'm good at this, okay? Alpha Riff isn't here to talk about Animal Crossing. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, but every time you log on for the first time, you know, she says, you know, good morning or good afternoon or whatever. This is what time it is on this day. And it's like, oh, okay, another day has passed. Um, but anyway, I... That's an interesting way to keep time. Video game. But yes, I'm going to be downing this double shot of espresso with my Wellbutrin and my Adderall first thing in the morning. And hopefully not bounce off walls. So... This is going to be great, people. (laughs) This is going to be fun. What we should do is just, like, have, have like, a cam on you for the first, like, couple of hours just to see, like, at what frequency your, like, whole being shakes. Yeah, I would have to make sure the cam was muted because (laughs) I do with... My work deals with PHI, so, um... That's fair, yes. But, uh, yeah, um... Um, I will will give live reporting on Patreon. (laughs) The, uh, new... From... What I've experienced, um, whenever you're reintroducing a legal hardcore stimulant into your coffee routine, <laughs> it, it gets a little bananas for like a day. Um, I discovered cold brew coffee the other week oh. on the subject <laughs> of that. cold brew and Adderall. Um, <laughs> I drank it. I was like, it's coffee. It's brewed, when it, it, it's brewed to taste good cold. It shouldn't be horrible. No. It is more potent than I expected. And I could see everything. It was great for work. I got so much done. I feel like uh, like cold brew coffee that's been sitting in your fridge for probably too long, plus your morning antidepressant and like a multivitamin is like the breakfast of champions right now. Yeah, it's like 
um, my friend Donnie, he makes his own cold brew at home. So um, he's going to be outraged, but he's not going to probably listen to him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's going to be outraged that you had mentioned that the fact that we're working together on the podcast, whatever. It's not like I'm giving anything. Wrong. But he drinks cold brew and like almost exclusively like that. Um, and he's like, and I've tried cold brew a few times, like whatever, but I put so much shit in my coffee that it's barely registered as coffee. Like even these yeah. double shots, they're like full of milk and sugar and V vitamins and Garnia and a bunch of stuff to cover basically the coffee flavor. Um, I'm waiting to be able to find the um, Mexican chocolate double shots. So I can use my catchphrase in Spanish that I've been using, <laughs> cracking open a cold one for the working person. Because whenever I pop open a French vanilla, I do it in French. <laughs> I quit. Don't ask me to say what it's. Don't ask me to say what it says. Yes, I did it via Google Translate, <laughs> but still. Uh, that'll be interesting. I could just uh, show it to my dad, and he would just laugh at you. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, it, is that because of the translation or because it's Bill? Both. <laughs> I'm rude. I don't think my dad's ever met you, actually. I don't no. think, he, yeah. No, he hasn't. No, that'd be fun. <laughs> uh, no, the only yeah. only one of your extended family I met was your grandma. Oh yeah, but she's pretty cool. Yeah, she's also the only one who lives locally. So, speaking of work, how is everybody's work or lack thereof? Oh my god. <laughs> Let's you go first, Noel. Okay. Um. I sort of leveled up at work. Um, I say sort of because I'm not sure whether this counts as level up. I've accepted some new responsibilities in a um, due to a change in personnel. That's a good way of putting it. Are they paying you more? I have yet to have like five minutes to have that discussion because everything is on fire <laughs> all the time. On fire, open flaming cans of paint. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm I'm dealing with some staffing stuff, which is never awesome. Never fun. Um, it's not a problem, except for the fact that it's a little bit of a problem because of the pandemic. Some of our patients have been on hold. Some of mm -hmm. our patients have been on hold before we could actually start seeing them. So that's fun. We're oh, so you waiting. Have people who you haven't even properly in done intake yet with we've done like the basic intake maybe <laughs> god so it's like they we got everything set up and then said we need to put everything on hold and what are we gonna do i mm -hmm. literally have one person who has sufficient free schedule right now i think um like i said i don't know we have a bunch of people who are out i've got somebody who doesn't have hours that I'm working on. Where am I going to put the people as they start coming back? Ohio is opening up, whether we like it or not. Most of us are not. So Ohio, but, what you are, you're, what you are doing, um, is that is it because they don't consider it an essential service, or is it because your workers slash patients are um, leery about having anybody showing up? It's the having people in the house. Gotcha. Um, which has been mind-blowing to me because a lot of them live with families that go out or do things outside of the house. Right. Um, so that's that has been interesting. 
just the working working around the we are a vulnerable population but we also need your help right. but we're terrified to have you come by or family is fright is badly frightened so it's been this and now it's even more my problem to be on this endless treadmill of emotional treadmill of comforting them you know soothing fears trying to yeah. get people to trust us enough to start new cases and you know get back to where we were before the world ended um and i've been on the side um, either attempting to help patients of mine and my staff fellow staff obtain fabric masks because god forbid we find anything better it's really hard uh, <laughs> and we're in healthcare; we have problems finding it um and you know my patients don't understand how to go to etsy and find stuff so i've been using contacts there um, now that our hair salons are opening up, I know two stylists who are vulnerable because of immune system issues. Fortunately, my boss through Renfair was working with somebody to, who was making face shields, plastic face um, shields. They're outside of the standard uh, supply chain for things like hospitals that you would normally go to. So I've gotten that link and I have sent it to those people so they can share with their communities somewhere that'll alleviate pressure off primary sources so that we can keep getting that stuff to hospitals. Um, just because I'm a micromanager and I want to save as many, as people, many people as people I can. As can. Yes. You'd um, think you'd think I was in healthcare or something. <laughs> I have a friend that has been doing a lot of um making a lot of masks. And in fact, mm -hmm. like she's already done like 400 masks that she's been giving to area hospitals and sending to friends and things like that. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I can go through because you're, because you're at least looking for the at least trying to get cloth masks. I might be, I, she, she's the one that was doing our warning message for the podcast. Okay. Um, um, really, I have enough inexpensive sources right now within my own Renfair community. Okay. Of people who have lost money, I can help them out a little bit. Gotcha. We can kind of keep the plate, the economic plate spinning for all of us little people just a little bit. She should maybe contact in her state the the salon board because or the yeah. barber's board and talk about helping get with salons and get with places that are going to need it that are outside healthcare workers. Because if we're moving to a society like we should, and we should have done a while ago, where we wear masks in public when people have, you know, contagious germs about. If we're moving that way, we need to get information about where to get it, get supplies spread as far as possible to as many groups as possible. Um, one of the things that I've noticed from the uh, hairdressers and salon workers on my that I'm friends with through Facebook, or I've got photographers that I'm Facebook friends mm -hmm. with, who are stressing about, well, how do we run our studio if we offer wardrobe? How do we do how do we do this? How do we do that? How how can we afford to run our business when our in this new paradigm when our margins were so tight before? before. Yeah. yeah. And um I'm gonna reference Final Fantasy again and it's the <laughs> the Final Fantasy seven, because I I'm I'm doing this now. Um because the remake is amazing, and you should all play it. Um, see the episode with Alpha Riff for all the nerdy details. Um, 
the queer nerdy details, it's great. Um, but they Tifa tells Cloud that, you know, the people in the slums have to take care of themselves because nobody else is going to. And with the way our society is going, if we the little people don't reach out to each other no and one's gonna establish do it. our yeah, and so we've gotta help each other. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know who that was, but I agree. Uh, my spouse likes to yell things in the background. He was reciting a little poem about May earlier, but I think we talked over him and he didn't. Nobody caught it. Vive la revolution! <laughs> well, we heard that, friend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's playing Fallout and eating. Long live the fighters! <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can you stop? <laughs> he's he's eating peanut butter out of the jar with a knife. It's his private peanut butter, so it's okay. He's double dipping, <laughs> but he's just glaring at me through the space between my two monitors, scooping peanut butter out by the knife blade full, and just sort of staring at me over his glasses. It's it's a little menacing. You know, I'm glad he's on our side. I I think he, we would be friends. He and I. He's he's, he's a good dude. I mean, the only reason I don't eat by the knife full of peanut butter at my house is that I think I'd scare my roommates. <laughs> I live with someone with a really bad nut allergy, so I can't eat anything like that by the peanut butter by the by the knife full. But uh, all right, I probably well, would. <laughs> when 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 this is all over, you're coming to my um, you're coming to my place. I'll get you your own jar of peanut butter, and we'll just eat knifefuls of peanut butter. <laughs> no, I want Nutella. I'll get you Nutella, whatever. Ugh. Nutella <laughs> tastes so weird. But it has to be a knife full. Not, not a spoon. A knife. Not a spoonful, a knife full. <laughs> I got used to Nutella uh, just like, I had a friend who was like super into it. And I was like, this is good. But then I discovered that uh, Nutella and peanut butter on like Eggo waffles with a sliced up banana is the best breakfast. Ugh. That sounds like food. <laughs> that sounds like food before noon. I love breakfast. And given that uh, because my work just isn't a thing right now, um, my breakfast is usually at 2.30 in the afternoon and is pancakes and fried spam. Okay. Well, let's get let's get into Eric's work a little bit. because Yeah, is you kind of had a little bit of a meltdown from stress the other night in the vampire chat. <laughs> I have not. Okay. So, to preface this, the vampire that I play is a theatrical rigger, and 175% I wrote him because I missed work, and I still miss work. I am also a theatrical rigger, a theatrical stagehand, theatrical whatever someone needs me to do and will pay me, pay me decently. <laughs> um, you, you like to be paid for like the danger paid. in your work. Oh my god. I, and the number of people who are like, oh, it's only twelve fifty, And I'm like, you realize it's like minimum wage in this state and you want skilled labor out of me? Uh, are you sure? Because that's not happening. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I haven't, I, uh, a lot of people were like, oh, now you're going to work from home or something like that. Like there was a transition time. Um, for me, I was in the middle of a show run and got an email at about, 7 38 o'clock in the morning the day of a show saying we're not running everything is canceled and over the next two weeks everything canceled and it was like not just the show that was already run but the show that was coming in next several of the events that i was about to staff um 
so like I was, I lost all of my work over the course of two weeks um, in batches because everyone was trying to figure out like who was going to pay out what and like what percentage of your work you were going to get paid for. Um, and for some of it, it was nothing. Um, Cause uh, for many reasons, <laughs> including the fact that the, uh, the stagehand union, um, like the theater union in Boston is uh, a little bit of an old boys club. It's not terrible. There's a lot of things that have been getting better about it, but it's still like, if you're not really willing to take the chance and send and spend all of your time waiting for those first calls to get you into the thing um, or into the rotation, it's a risk. So uh, because I don't have union backup, uh, everything is kind of by ear, like there's no guarantees. Um, so I was lucky I was working for uh, a really, uh, a organization called Arts Emerson that worked really hard to try to get us paid out for as much as they could. Um, uh, and it wasn't everything, but it was a good amount of it. Uh, but it still sucks because there were really, really cool things that we were working on that never happened. And we don't know when they're going to happen. Yeah, um, <laughs> I I feel that on a on a soul level because um, half of my I've watched half of my friends list go through roughly the same thing. Um, oh yeah, because if you're in the Ren Fair world, none of that is happening. None of it. Um, yeah. Like the Ohio group, the Ohio groups that I monitor because there's two shows. Um, everybody in Ohio is worried. Um, Ohio vendors are worried. Um, the Ren Faire and the con circuit overlap. Mm-hmm. Heavily. Uh, they're in the same boat you are. They're watching uh, their businesses just evaporate. Collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and, and it's... Oh, go ahead. And it, it's stressful because there are people who are like, I hope this con happens, or I hope this show happens, or I hope things happen. I'm like, please, no. Just, this is a very marginal... It's a marginalized yeah. community. These are These are poor people. Mm-hmm. please patrons don't hope for fair we love you and we want to see you too but we also want everyone to live that's uh, i mean and and it's so hard because you love your job and i i love my half theater half retail 100 percent insanity half camping job. question mark <laughs> oh, oh no Honey, this bitch don't camp. <laughs> it was camping for you is a slow room service. <laughs> camping for me is having to go to um, a fast food restaurant on the way back to the motel room or <laughs> the house. I sleep in a real bed with climate control, <laughs> especially for the summer one because it's super gross. And a functional shower you don't have to share. is Pretty incredible. But I mean, there are people who can't, like you, who can't pivot their skills like my boss has been making has been helping people make face shields he's been helping because uh, his buddy needed somebody with an industrial cutting laser guess who has mm-hmm. a laser so he's working <laughs> on that um he's been helping his wife supply one of our other vendor associates with fabric masks because she's an insane seamstress she made an entire dress in two days um That's like a crazy. like a ren with ridiculous oh, yeah. trim two days <laughs> she's she's terrifying and i adore her um we're sh- pretty sure she's not entirely human um her creations also, are amazing uh, not being entirely human is also a, a not infrequent thing in Renfair. yeah <laughs> um, 
But I mean, she doesn't advertise it except for the, I made a dress in two days or I had the, the other one that's amazed me is she had this, she had some fabric and she just kept putting pieces out. Like you would lay out a divination until she woke up with the dress in her head and she had to make it so she could stop thinking about it. I mean, that's the, that's the thing about, okay. So for, for making a dress or making face shields, or even if you have an act like, you can juggle swords or something like that. You know, there is a level to which it's not sustainable, but you can actually like put that on social media and at least have interest in what you're doing. So you can have something drummed up for when you come back. Right. Yeah. You can build, but for somebody yes. who, who rigs for shows, you're just fucked. <laughs> There's, I literally cannot do my job alone and ethically I should not. It is too dangerous for me to do my job on my own. But also, there isn't exactly a counterweight system in my living room. <laughs> like, the, the most that I can do is practice math and, like, teach myself new ways to do different rope things. Like, that's the most I can do is teach myself small skills at home or, like, practice some of that. But, like, I can't do most of my stuff in my house. I have it figured out, all right? Okay. Now, hear me, hear me out, all right? This is going to be the biggest thing that you could put on your Patreon and get all the views, all the hits, all the donation. Nobody oh, wants Jesus. to watch you get tied up, Bill. No, 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 no. How to teach your cats rigging. <sighs> See, okay, here's the problem. is My cats are tremendously patient with me. <laughs> <laughs> You, um, you you don't have to do anything like like an extravagant display or anything like that, but anything with rope you can have with yarn or something like that. And yeah, you, people you can't do that. People it's would, not the same. You could use jute twine or linen twine, which is more yeah, like but, rope, and you could build tiny little rigged sets and tiny little counterweights, <laughs> and then build these miniature worlds for people to watch you do. On, I don't know, OnlyFans, because I'm pretty sure there's some ASMR kink out there about people tying <laughs> knots that you could monetize and maybe keep yourself busy that way. But I mean, maybe, but all the knots that I know are self cinching because that's the point of them. But that's why you, you throw the cats in there. No, you're I'm not nuts. Saying, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> it's I'm bad for cats to be around self cinching knots. <laughs> I'm not saying tie up the cats, I'm just saying. Get them involved somehow. No. You got ropes. You got cats. It it, it smells money. No, it doesn't. <laughs> this I'm, is. I love uh, you, buddy. I love you. But no. But no. <laughs> so <laughs> that being said, um, I'm finally starting to crack. We can tell. <laughs> um, Bill hasn't dealt with like people outside his house in real space in a very long time. You yeah. want to tell me about it? <laughs> <laughs> Gestures at my cats. <laughs> I mean, uh, home health agencies are hiring guys. We're desperate for people to have on backup or to do contactless groceries deliveries for the elderly to help us handle our shit um, in case somebody has a suspicious cough. I don't have a a, a driver's license because I live in Boston, so I'm not sure how helpful I'll be. Yeah, and I already do the I already do like customer service and payroll for home health stuff. So um, 
I want I don't need another job on top of my job. <laughs> <laughs> I just need um, entertainment until someone can put me back in a theater. Well, one of the things that my work I work from home at this and you my com- my company is across the country. It's in almost every state. Um and there's uh, also parts of my company that are in Europe. Um now right now the thing is how are we going how and when are we going to open the company offices back up? Um Don't. It's, it's supposedly going to be it's supposedly going to be the, the determined per each office and their local guidelines, but I'm going to try to do whatever I can to keep working from home because as much as what I don't I don't like commuting anymore. I'll be I'll be honest like that with that. Um, the commuting I realized was taking just so much stress out of my day because yeah. of wh- how early I have to wake up to make sure I get I mean, to make sure I get to work on time because mm-hmm. I don't trust the MBTA and things you like can't. that. Um, so yeah, it, it was nice getting my Dunkin' Donuts in the morning before I go to work, but that's besides the point. But I miss my terrible cold coffee. I like. I understand that ostensibly I could actually go and get it if I really, really, really wanted to, but I don't. And so, but See, I miss it so much. I miss it in my bones. That would require me to wake up early so I could get out to Doug's to get my coffee and get back home. That's why I started drinking double shots. It's a lot easier. <laughs> I actually bought a case. There is this, uh, okay, so near where I live, there's a little Japanese store like import store uh that has these small cans of coffee that's yep. kona, mm-hmm. actual kona coffee right mm-hmm. and it's really expensive per item i used to buy it and it's like three dollars a can or something like that i got a 24 pack online for just under 50 bucks which is a real good deal for that stuff and uh it's been dangerous <laughs> i've actually had to make it so i only put one can in the fridge at a time because they that's, take so long to cool down. That's what I have to do. With each of my <laughs> um, I, yep. I take I take it out and I put the next one in for the next morning. <laughs> um, but no, yep. oh, you sweet innocent children who can on, who only drink one thing of coffee at a time. No, no, no. It's more the fact. Oh, no, that... I still make myself hot coffee. I absolutely make myself hot coffee in addition to this like special thing. But <laughs> and in in my case, my supplement is has been coke but um not, not that coke we told you not to yeah. don't do coke bill <laughs> it's really expensive and it's so bad for your blood sugar <laughs> it's well um, it's also terrible for the environment <laughs> yeah no i will say that this has been really bad for my pepsi addiction um which i didn't have before this i didn't honest to god did not it's bad i'd but feel that- like an asshole sitting over here and be like i'm actually approaching my weight loss goals from I mean yeah, there's a lot of things I could be running around at. like by crazy. Um because well, I need to... either. But but the, when it comes down to work um and the office, mm-hmm. while no matter how much protocols my office would do to help out with like making sure social distancing is being kept, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, I work in an office building that mm-hmm. have that has other organizations that are not related to my office in it. Gross. Well, true for most of them. 
And no, no, I mean, mine does too, but it's it's like a real estate agency, and now, they're bored out of their of this, fucking mind. On top of this, each of these offices, they don't have their own inter-office bathroom. You actually have to oh, leave no. the office and have shared bathroom space. That's horrifying. I mean, so, also us, but again, it's just me and my other coworker in right. the office. <laughs> Um, We've breathed so, on each other. It's too late. So <laughs> basically, the combination of these factors, I'm like, no, it's bad enough that I have to to get make sure I get to work on time. I either have to take two trains or a bus to the train to get to work. I don't want to go additional every time I have to go to the restroom that someone wasn't practicing social distancing and I'm going to the bathroom that is coronavirus on the toilet handle because. You didn't wash your hands before you go into the bathroom. I just, that's that's the thing that we're not like doing well with as a country is because we don't have a concept of what the actual spread is going to be like. We right. don't really understand like all the ways that you can actually pass something along. Right. So ba- so it's trying. I'm going to be trying to um, working from home as long as possible. Um, I know friends of mine that. Their offices have already said, yeah, we're going to keep you working from home until the end of the year, just because it's going to be easier. It's cheaper! And, <laughs> and I, that's why I'm trying to keep my... This is another reason why I was like pushing to go on... I'm, and I'm also starting my um, Adderall tomorrow mm-hmm. on top of my Starbucks double shot and my World Richard. But that's another reason why I'm trying to do as much work as I can at home to show mm-hmm. my productivity, say, look, yeah. here's me being productive at home, which is better than at the office. You want to know another reason, another reason why I'm productive at home? I don't have to wear a dress shirt. Pants. <laughs> I don't have to wear pants. Well, I should wear shorts at the very least because I have roommates. But still, <laughs> I can wear my I wrestling mean, t-shirt and answer phone calls. Yeah, that's, a, I, I, that's something I'm going to be really interested to see after this is if companies actually start to recognize how much cheaper and how much more efficient people are when they're at home, because like, even with kids, right. Even with all the distractions that come with being at home, um, because you don't have, there's a lot of external factors that you can control, even with having children in a home that you can't in an office. Right. Right. So there's there have been a lot of studies in the past on smaller scales obviously about how much more efficient people are when they work from home versus when they work uh from the office and a lot of people when i'm like there's so much data out there about this they're like oh no but i work better in the office i'm like i guarantee you if you actually cut on had... us there. sorry uh, you're cutting out on us oh i'm probably talking too quick <laughs> there's uh what did you last hear i work better in the office oh whenever people say, you know, I work better in the office than I work at home. I really want to challenge that because one thing that is probably going on is they don't actually understand their own productivity metrics um, for one. And for two, I can almost guarantee you that they, that that's not truthful. That like, if they actually did look at their productivity metrics and actually thought about that versus all of the time spent on everything else, they would understand that that's not true. Um, I'm a huge proponent for working from home. I think all de- obviously I cannot. <laughs> I think it all depends on the industry and the employees themselves. Um, 
I will just counter that by what I was working at my old job and I was doing in management. We had started a work from home program because mm-hmm. it was like, all right, well, we're going to give this option. If you have scores that are at this range, you can work from home because you've shown that you know enough about the product and everything like that, that you can do this. And then we go through and send them home because they volunteered. They wanted to work from home. And immediately everything plummeted. Hmm. How long did you let them do the adjustment? We wound up having them adjust for about two months. So they had like really high scores and then everything plummeted. And it's like, nope, you come back and you, some people did fine. I'm not saying it's for, I'm not saying it's for that everybody failed, but we pulled back more people than were able to go out because would you call it like 50 50 or would you call it like 30 70 i would say 75 25 where we're pulling back 75 back to the office because what and i'm going to say that with there's probably other factors involved um a lot a part of it is maturity level and yeah that's a fact well and also when you're talking about maturity level a lot of times you're also talking about the other socioeconomic things that go into that because like if you have younger people or you have people who haven't had the same access to like emotional support in order to do that like actual maturing um or simply they're just younger uh a lot of times they don't have like they're probably working with other people or they're living with their or they're probably living with other people or they're living with family or they otherwise in some other uh, components, um, they're not in, in a situation physically that allows them to actually focus and get work done. Right. And that's the thing is while they were, while their numbers were sinking, we were trying to find, we were asking them, what's going on? Why is your numbers not being at the levels or something going on at the house that's causing distractions? And, but again, also with maturity level, Sometimes when you're at a younger age, you want to lie to make yourself look better or everything is okay because you're worried about other things. Um, Yeah, and also, like, there isn't any, especially with larger companies in general or sometimes even small companies, like, there's no real reason to trust your boss sometimes. Right. So. And see, so it's like, basically the only thing that I miss from the office, so to speak, right now is mm-hmm. occasionally going off and seeing uh, Force at work because we're in the same oh, building. Yeah. Um, and now that we're no longer roommates, not because of anything that happened, it's gone off to his have his adventures in relationship, which is good for him. Great. Good job. It is good for him. Um, yeah, if you guys listen to it, my hat's off to you guys. Um, miss you. <laughs> um, or yeah. I, I, I speak with... I speak with Donnie every day and talk a bit with wrestling or his yes. Japanese courses, things like that. Um, it's multiple things. It's just, it's that I'm, I see friends while I'm actual friends while I'm at work, not work colleagues. The yeah. only thing about my job that I enjoyed really was like, I don't have to talk to anybody. Oh my gosh. Work. I will. I, it will take quite a bit of desperation for me to go back to a public facing job because I did it for a long time because I'm very good at it. Like, right. I mean, I'm very, very good at being public facing because I have a lot of patience and I'm really good at communicating with people and making sure that they understand what it is that I'm saying. So like I have a lot of skills that make me very, very valuable in a a public facing position. I can't stand it. (laughs) I can't stand it because it's so much like I will tell you that the work that I do, sometimes I'm working 
50 something days in a row. Like as in, I don't have a day off for that entire span of time. I will work at least four hours in every single one of those days. And I'm hauling thousands of pounds of stuff around, like loading and unloading trucks in every possible like weather. I literally loaded a truck in the snow at three o'clock in the morning after like six other days of work that was 12 hours or more a day, right? That is less exhausting than public facing jobs. Okay, see, it's like the job itself, like talking to, I'll I'll say the customers or the (laughs) people that we work with, I'm Mm -hmm. fine with that part. I'm just realizing that in this office, I don't have to actually talk to anybody in the office. (laughs) No one comes to me for anything. And it's like, great, because my supervisor is in another state and they yep. supervise us remotely. It's like, all right, everything is good. And I don't have to talk to people. And I can just, it's like, why do I have to wear a dress shirt when I'm not going to be talking to anybody? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to be presentable. <laughs> we're, not on, we're, not on video, we're not on video chat. And if they told us that we had to be on video chat, well, I'm wearing my the man who is now the mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> for those that, and while we are not a wrestling podcast, Becky Lynch, the man, um, is pregnant. Oh, so, dope. The, so the man is becoming the mom. Is also um, also because you can still be the man and the mom at the same time. Well, mm-hmm. one of the one of the Let's shirts not- that the, the WWE is already going for their cash grab is she's got a shirt that simply says the man. But now what they've done with the shirt is that N, they've basically black, made just a, like an outline, just so it says the Ma with an N after it. And Becky in her full kayfabe glory goes, yeah, you better be selling these shirts because I'm going to need to buy formula now. <laughs> <laughs> Babies are expensive. Give me my cut. <laughs> Goddamn right. <laughs> Insert rant about Vince McMahon here. <laughs> um, speaking of other geek stuff, um, before we started the show, Eric pointed something out that I know Noel's really going to like. Yeah, that uh-huh. I posted about hours and like literally twelve hours ago. Oh, is it the th- oh the uh, the Neil Gaiman thing, the uh, Sandman thing? Yes, it's a very very intense cast. Yes. Okay, so uh, for anyone who doesn't. Can't pick it up from just what we have said so far. Um, Neil Gaiman became really quite famous when he was part of the creation and writing team for Sandman, the comic, which uh, at this point has been out for more decades than uh, I want to think too hard about, (laughs) given how long ago it was that I first read it. Um, And so they've adapted it to be an audio drama, more or less. Uh, and it's coming out, the beginning of it, I believe, is coming out on July 15th. Um, and just skinning through, right, the ones that I'm very excited about. Uh, Michael Sheen is Lucifer. That Michael Sheen. You know, the one that just played Aziraphale on Good Omens? But okay. <laughs> uh, Andy Circus is Matthew the Raven. I know, that's going to be neat. I'm so excited about that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Pat Dennings is Death. Oh yeah, Taron Edgerton is John Constantine. Constantine's fun in that series. Uh, James McAvoy is Morpheus. 
I, I know that I probably should have actually led with that one, but I just love Michael Sheen. <laughs> I know Michael Sheen as Lucifer in the Sand in the Sandman comics audio drama is probably why ninety nine percent of the people are going to tune in. Cat Denning is death. Yes, uh, yes. Cat Denning's death is very exciting. As well. Now I didn't actually read Real anything about this. Oh. Is this just going to be like yeah. an ongoing okay, audio that's... serial or? Yeah. Okay, so it's gonna like be like a weekly installment. It's gonna be goddamn adorable. Um, <laughs> they are working it as an audio drama, also starring. Ooh, they cast Desire with somebody with a masculine name, which is neat because Desire is super androgynous. Yeah. Oh, actually, if you look at that, it says Justin Vivian Bond. Vivian is tends to be a a, a femme name. I don't actually know that person. I'm gonna have to look them up. Yeah, that's an interesting. That's an interesting naming. I mean, people yeah. get weird middle names all the time, but just uh, I want to do the, the Google. The talent on this list is Ugh. ridiculous, um, and I like that it's being done audio. So, just an audio oh. discuss. Not hmm. we all agree that Elon Musk has lost his fucking mind. Yes, <laughs> we all understand. Yes, poor child. Yeah, on the subject of names. Mathematical equation? On the subject of names. Grimes, honey, that's not goth. Uh, I don't even know. I mean, Let, okay, let's bring it back to Justin Vivian Bond, okay? Because I, okay. I Googled this human, and it is very exciting. Justin Vivian Bond, I'm reading from Wikipedia here, is an American singer-songwriter, author, painter, performance act, artist, and actor. Uh, described as the best cabaret artist of their generation and a tornado of art and activism, Bond first achieved prominence under the pseudonym of Kiki Durain in the stage duo Kiki and, and Herb, probably Herb with an H in it. Um, Bond is transgender and prefers the gender-inclusive honorific mix and pronoun uh, V, as in V-self, instead of uh, her or him. Um, so that's huh. really cool. Like, straight up perfect for Desire, then. Excellent casting, Mr. Gaiman. Well Excellent. done, sir. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful casting right here. Um, now get Orlando Jones back. I didn't catch that, buddy. Whatever I think of Neil Gaiman and casting, I can't just think about Orlando Jones. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm so excited about this. Save save Orlando Jones. Save a Nazi. <laughs> save Mr. Nancy. I love um, him so much. There's just... the. The ridiculous amount of talent, um, the inclusiveness. There's a Johanna Constantine. Is there really? Yes, down and also starring. Um, I the last time I read this was college, and I'm old enough that college was a long time ago. So I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm scanning the the cast yeah. list, and so that's going to be interesting. Johanna Constantine. I wonder. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, I wonder how what that's going to be. Oh, um, that's the one from Absolutely Fabulous. Context, please. Continue. P Patsy Patsy Stone from Joanna <laughs> Lumley is is from Abfab. Oh, that's yes. gonna be delightful. Um, uh, she's going okay, to be so, she's going to be a fucking delight. All right. So because Eric doesn't know, um, there is this British comedy that ran until uh, 2012. Um, I don't know much about it, but my stepfather was like always watching this off of PBS, but it was basically about two middle-aged women that got into shenanigans and they were always constantly drunk. <laughs> um, and, that sounds great. <laughs> and this, the person that's playing Joanna Constantine is one of the leads from that t 
TV show. Okay, for Amazing. the nerd people, and you know, people who are bigger Sandman nerds than me, which isn't hard, because um, I've never read the comics. I read the Dream Hunters. I read the Dream Hunters. I I know the lore and the aesthetics. I'm getting such shade, and everybody associates me with death to the point where I put up a uh, a, a panel of like a portrait of her by one of the comic artists and a friend messaged me about or like told me when i saw him that's a really great that's a really neat picture of you and yeah, i'm like i uh, i i uh, am death destroyer of all <laughs> i guess so um i think it was christmas it was either christmas or my birthday every time is a flat circle so it doesn't matter but one of those two uh, cardinal gifting holidays in a human's life. My spouse got me the um, licensed official Sterling Silver Death Unk from That's cool. DC, whatever, and I, I cherish it greatly. And I have a black tank top and a pair of black jeans and black, tall black Doc Martin and a black wig. Go. And a black parasol, I'm a black wig away. And uh, I have those actually are not hard to get your hands on for how she, she styles it, like the, the fluff she does on her hair. Uh, yeah, I just really need a, a Joan Jett 80s wig, and we're done here. Um, <laughs> but just from my interaction with the comic, um, you know, I've read bits. I'm very, you know, I'm familiar with the world. Dream Hunters is one of the most amazing pieces of literature I've read. Um, mm-hmm. It's beautifully illustrated. Um, but I am excited that this... Um, iconic and deeply important to literature to comics to a whole bunch of things i mean they stopped allowing graphic novels to win the hugo um (laughs) they created a category for them i think in i don't remember but neil gaiman keeps breaking the rules and they keep having to invent New things to keep him out of trouble. Um, and <laughs> I mean, who's won a Hugo and a Newbery Award? I'm sorry, that's a, a life goal. Is like do something so cool that someone has to break rules to give me awards because no one else could possibly get the award for that thing. Or you know, they invent new rules because they're pretty sure no one else is going to do it again. Um, Actually, that's but- a fun story that's unrelated that I'll tell you later. <laughs> Continue with what you were saying. I'm sorry I'm bad at this. Um, yeah, it was the, um, specifically, if we're going to talk about the Hugo Award for Best Graphic Story, um, he won a Hugo in 2016 for the Sandman Overture. Which I don't think I've gotten to read, actually. <laughs> oh, there's so much Sandman stuff at this point. There's it's... so much. I've read the original series of comics, as in, like, the first, that first major arc. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The, but again, the last time I read it was in college. So I've read it. Le- I've read less than all of you. <laughs> I've just been fascinated. I've all been fascinated the whole time with death, the endless, these huge concepts. You it's know, these archetypes. Really it's it's very young. It's very deep, and yes. it's a comic book altogether. Yeah. And that's sort of Neil Gaiman in a nutshell. I've described him to other people from. You know, in tongue in cheek, as a genteel goth hobo that looks very confused about how he ended up where he's at. <laughs> God, you know, that is the mood. <laughs> he just seems slightly lost and confused by what's going on around him. Um, there is a, my ex- my exemplar of this of this trope of Neil Gaiman is a picture of him with um, 
Amanda Palmer at, I think it's New York's Mermaid Festival, they ended up somehow uh, being the grand, the grand marshal for the parade. The leader of so, the pack. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Amanda Palmer is Amanda Palmer and does what she do. Mm-hmm. And there's mermaids aesthetic involved there. And then there's Neil in black, in a black suit with a beard that looks like it needs trimmed and a haircut that of course is Neil's haircut. We all can see it. (laughs) And he's, you know, sort of in theme, but he also looks moderately uncomfortable and vaguely confused by what's going on. And (laughs) like this was sprung on him at the last moment and he's not entirely sure he wants to be there, which is indeed a mood (laughs) (laughs) i will say uh so i've only met him once uh and uh, it was years and years ago if everyone remembers back in 2012 we were all supposed to die with the mayan apocalypse or whatever yeah well uh, they were wrong they were wrong 2020 (laughs) (laughs) one way or the other uh uh Friends of mine, through other friends, were doing a huge fund, had done a really big fundraiser in order to begin renovation on an art space. Um, And one of the things that they had done as part of this fundraiser is basically, if you donated a certain amount to it, you got to take it to this event. Um, And I was one of two people hired to do lighting for this event. Uh, There's whole other fun things about like, how I ended up being that person, which still to this day confuses me, and I could not give you a straight answer on because I don't remember. Um, Just accept that Neil Gaiman manifested <laughs> in your life because it was meant to be. The best part about it is it was it was end of the world themed. So two of my friends who are incredible burlesque artists uh, did a Cthulhu like mythology themed burlesque piece. So I'm there working. Um, I'm almost done with everything that I need to do. Like the next thing I need to do is actually just pack everything up and go home sort of deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my friends who knew that I had taken the gig, definitely not for the pay, but but for the opportunity to actually like see, like actually meet Neil Gaiman, but also like, because this was a really cool gig, um, said, uh, she was like, well, have you met Neil yet? And I was like, oh God, no, 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 no. See, a little bit of background. Um, I'm not in theater because, like, I want to be an actor or anything like that. Like, my grandmother is a pretty f- famous performer. I've met Pulitzer Prize winners. I've met astronauts. I've met, like, the the list of famous people that I have over my life, like, just come across is pretty big. And now that I work in theater and have been working in theater for as long as I have, um, both back when I did mostly rock stuff, but also now that I do, like, Broadway-level, like, incubation stuff, um, I don't get starstruck. It's not a thing that happens to me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got starstruck. <laughs> I like glimpsed him out of the corner of my eye, froze up, and just melted into the shadows as quickly as I could, because that's a skill set that you acquire over time. Um, <laughs> and just like avoided any chance of actually meeting him because I was just—I had never felt starstruck before in my life. It was a completely new feeling. So my friend found out that I still hadn't met him and that the night is almost over and is just like, no, 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 no. Literally, you came here for this opportunity. He's written stuff that you've been talking about for years now. Um, like, I, for some people, their first experience with Neil Gaiman was a, like, tattered paperback of his short stories called Smoke and Mirrors that I gave them with, like, a specific one bookmarked for them. And they're now big fans. So, like, 
she was like, no, 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 this is not happening, but you're getting through this night and you're not meeting him. But you have to like imagine this in your head because it's me in like a really like shabby red hoodie that I have destroyed <laughs> over time. Um, normally super cavalier and easy to talk to people. And her who is covered head to toe in body paint with like fanged mouths over her nipples as pasties. Like as one does when one's doing eldritch horror for less. <laughs> she she is maybe half my size and she drags me up the stairs <laughs> of this like i don't know parish house i don't actually know what the thing was um it was connected to a church somehow uh it drags me up there and like shoves me in front of neil and says this is jersey he's a very big fan and you've been a very big influence on his life and he would love to meet you and i was still completely frozen up and like, I think I muttered something about how like his writing had influenced me sort of deal. And like, he's like, do you want me to, like, it's very nice to meet you. Do you want me to like sign something? Like, cause you can see, I have like a comic book like under my arm, right? <laughs> and he's just like, he understands that like people just get, get starstruck. And he was very, very lovely and very, he was, he was a very nice person to meet. If, if, if I was going to have one person that I was going to be starstruck in front of, he was probably the best person because he was so gentle about it um, and just so understanding. Uh, but I don't think I've actually met him since I think I've seen him like somewhere around because I live in Boston and he lived here for a while. But uh, to this day and since 2012, obviously, I've done a lot more stuff. I still have not been starstruck. <laughs> not the way I was with him. I still like I can still feel it in my gut because that's how strong it was, like thinking of it. Like, you mm. know how you think of like, a big scary thing that happens and you kind of feel a shadow of that. Mm -hmm. It was such, such a, I had one of those things I had just never felt before. Like the visceral feeling is a memory now because I had never experienced that. But I think that's, I mean, they say you should never meet your heroes, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it works out. Okay. Sometimes your heroes yeah. still came in and you know, we're on the subject of people who probably aren't entirely human. I've had stories from other friends who have asked him about, you know, so, uh, so about, about the, the pretty functional magic stuff. And he just looks at them and grins and does not deign to answer. And because if you notice in all of his work, the magic makes sense and it functions like it's something it's, you could in theory replicate. And it's really wonderful that, uh someone has such has that level of uh like fiction mm -hmm. oh, uh i'm trying to figure out a way of, of articulating this the fact that there is someone in the uh zeitgeist of fiction that is recognizable enough as neil gaiman who has the level of mm, care approachability uh no i mean no that's i'm sure a, a function of it i'm thinking more of like the uh the alchemy there is an alchemy to the way that he builds worlds and stories even when he's building in other worlds there's uh several of his short stories take place in like a lovecraftian universe mm -hmm. and even in the lovecraftian universe uh there's something about it that he is able to make make sense it isn't outside of the realm of of possibility because he does this incredible job of making making the extraordinary relatable and mm -hmm. uh giving extraordinary 
features to common and approachable people. Like I'm thinking specifically of um, in in Anansi Boys, uh, the main character is Charlie, who Fat Charlie, <laughs> who is just a like, dude. The, he is a dude. He is so very a dude that like over time, as you learn more about him and what he is able to do, and he becomes more of the son of Anansi. Um, you never lose that feeling of him just being a guy. He's just a guy who's not particularly fat and, <laughs> you know. And he's, has this lime. <laughs> yeah, he's black in England and he's terribly, just slightly lost the whole time <laughs> as as you watch that story unfold. And so you can very much identify with, with Charlie or you can identify with um, Shadow Richard Mayhew in yeah. Neverwhere or Shadow. They're always when when you're when the perspective that we have for the story is sliding between the the worlds and sliding underneath the surface of the mundane. He has the ability to convey how uncomfortable that can be, or how comfortable, I, depending yes. on the situation, and how jarring the comfort of stepping into a space that is so wildly different like um never where does a fantastic job of that yes um it is one of my favorite works of his um i understand there was a television drama and it's terrible and so he wrote so he wrote the book to fix everything <laughs> and you should um but i have um on audible he reads it mm -hmm. so you've got neil reading i not all authors are really good at reading out loud oh, because this really is, is a skill. He is. And it, it just feels like you're, you're cozy and you're <laughs> curled up and there's tea and a fire and it's raining <laughs> outside and it's November. And this nice gentleman is telling you a story and everything in the world is going to be okay. I think I, I know this is becoming like our segment on Neil Gaiman, but uh, in terms of, of, ones I would really recommend you listening to on audiobook that aren't read by him is Anansi Boys is read. Oh my goodness. I can't remember the name. Um, Anansi Boys is not read by him. It is no. read by, uh, but I have listened to it. and it's incredible. It is probably, it's, he has it that. Absolutely. That. You, if you have not read the book yourself already, please listen to it on audiobook. If you have that kind of brain, because it is so well done. Um, it's probably one of my favorites. All right. That, I, I want to just go a little bit off topic, but on topic at the same time. We don't have topics anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it, the world is ended. Like, there's no topics. <laughs> I noticed uh, that. The guy who, who narrates it is Lenny Henry. Okay. You've looked it up. Yes, I did. I, I, I did the Google. I'm noticing that I can't listen to my audiobooks anymore. Or my podcasts anymore because because you're not commuting <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it yeah. yes um because i have anansi boys on audible lined up to listen to it's so good i Just... have the other one that you mentioned uh never neverwhere um lined up on audible to listen to but when i'm at home most of the time when i'm listening to anything that's verbal it's because I'm going to sleep and I don't want to listen to anything new because I might miss something. That's fair. 
And well, it's like clean ha- clean your clean your room. Put it on clean your room. That's when my- I do most of my podcasts listening, even when I'm even when the world is not ending. That's another reason why I'm on Adderall. See, so hopefully I'll get my able to get more things done. Everybody be excited. Bill is getting his shit together. Now if, only his, now, if only his podcast partner could do the same thing. Oh, Listen, don't at me. <laughs> Alice is not here to defend herself. I'm, uh, oh, oh, harsh. Um, I, on the subject of medications, um, I had an interaction at work yesterday that actually proves that Prozac is great for rejection sensitive dysphoria problems. It was wonderful. <clears throat> I That's got good. back in because I'm super new in these new new duties, and I'm like, look, this is the I'm the third pro- person with this same problem. Can you help me out? Because my solution is X, and X is sort of the nuclear option, <laughs> and the harsh option, and he doesn't like that. Yeah. Uh, so it's the wait, either figure it out or the, I'm going to have to, you know. The council will make a decision. Account the council will make a decision, and it will not be a stupid ass one. So you can't overrule it, Nick, Mister Fury. <laughs> um, but he was he the the owner the I guess the nurse under whose license I practice because that's how being a nurse's aide works, or mm-hmm. one of them. His name is on my paycheck. Mm-hmm. He hates being called boss. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I don't know how to work in this environment. I'll figure it out. <laughs> um, but you know he's when he gets into a topic he can get very loud and kind of triggery and kind of talk down to you but yeah. i think it's it's just he's originally from Haiti so we have a a, a cultural communication thing so That's i can fair. sit back a little bit and go i don't know how things work culturally but you're not from Century. You're not from Northeastern Ohio, and I'm not where <laughs> I'm not from where you're from. So we have completely different means of communicating. Plus, whatever his neurology is, plus my neurology. Eh. But mm-hmm. the way the conversation went, normally I would wait for him to leave, and then I would go cry or sit in the bathroom and wish to cease to exist. Um, but I didn't. And I've been on Prozac for about a month now, I think. That's Maybe awesome. a little longer. And it stopped the cycle. It was so nice to go to not go from zero to can existence simply end. <laughs> in I will say that three seconds. That is a huge thing about medication that I will always really appreciate is that when it gives you the space to stop a cycle or at least have the opportunity to stop a cycle like that's i i have i hear sometimes people being like well medication doesn't fix the underlying problem there's a degree to which that is not true because brain chemistry is a real thing um the underlying problem is a chemical imbalance yeah <laughs> and look you know they're not going to fix everything because a lot of times uh things are aggravated by living conditions are aggravated by like personal habit stuff that is just ingrained in the way that you conduct your life it's or job stuff going on that kind of thing like i'm my medication actually hasn't changed from the last place that i worked to working in theater again full time mm-hmm. on the same stuff has not changed at all um but i'm a lot more functional a human doing theater because i'm not good for me i am not good at being public facing and that's what i was doing so now that I don't have that extra set of stressors, I can be a lot better to myself and to other people 
because I have more space. But I was not, I was not in a great space before I started on medication because I didn't have that extra brain space to, in order to intervene and start to make anything better. So when you are able to start on a new medication or a medication at all, or a medication at all. Um, and it, and it works because not every medication, sometimes medications can really aggravate something. Um, (laughs) Sometimes the medication just knock you the fuck out. Yeah. And, and obviously that's not helpful, but when you get, get something that does work, finally having that small amount of breathing space to be able to make changes in your life, whether it is, whether it is something big like a job or a home or it's something small like, oh my gosh, now I have the brain space to make myself breakfast, you know, and those, even those little things that give you a little bit of extra energy and a little bit more processing mm-hmm. can be so huge. I mean, to add to that, um, both of you guys have been around me when I've been on medication, but not regular therapy. And when I've been on medication and regular therapy, um, mm-hmm. because especially when I was living in where I lived before this, I would go into these pits of despair. And the first thing anybody asked me was, have you taken your medication? And I was like, no, I haven't because I wasn't going to therapy at the same time. Take because, your meds. <laughs> because the combination, and you're lucky, and I'm going to say that I'm lucky in this factor. I have two therapists. I have my medication therapist, and I have my regular therapist. My medication therapist, I'm saying I'm lucky because he doesn't just check my meds, then toss me out of the room. He tries to make sure things are working, checking on, asks the right question, checks to see how I'm actually feeling and how the medic I feel the medication may or may not be helping and talks through everything with that. So Oh but- my god, his job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh Sorry, god, that's god. that's the job. Uh- <laughs> and on top of that, I'm saying lucky because when I was commuting, he's in the office until like seven PM. That is fantastic. You have no on a weekday, you have no fucking idea how it is to Get a therapist that's not just even late, but someone that's comfortable with you yep. being that late. Um, yep. So the combination of factors was amazing. And my other therapist, one that I, I'm currently seeing bi-weekly because COVID, and I'm not yep. getting like the interaction that I normally do, he works on weekends. So I don't have to use work hours to go see a therapist. And I'm one of those people that when things get closer to normal, I'm going to have to go back to see him weekly because if I'm not seeing a therapist weekly, I don't have people calling me on my shit because I'm able to hide a lot of shit from a lot of people that you don't even know. Including yourself? Including myself. <laughs> and, and basically the first thing I told him, like, look, I talk and I might seem to know like I'm talking about and I'm probably lying to myself. So you need to call me out on things that even are, seem remotely too good or remotely perfect or if i'm getting if i seem like i'm avoiding a subject by talking too much so call me out on it i know how to talk um and he's kind of like i don't even remember the questions but sometimes he just will ask me a question out of the blue and i'm like i have absolutely no idea to even how to approach that and it's 
like one of the times one thing he just out of blue said was like when was the last time you actually stopped and said i am actually happy and this was like three weeks into seeing him and i was like i was like scratching the surface trying to like find something because it was i was like i don't know that's what we were trying to go through and then determining that we need to get me on medication for sure. Um, but yeah. I was like so deep into the, I don't know with that, what's going on, that all my happy thoughts were tied up with Umbridge. For the folks just now listening at home, Umbridge is the name of my ex, the, or the code the, word for The code ex. name. Because if um, we say the real name, Bill goes weird places. different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, if we say the ex's real name, Bill goes weird places and I'm not close enough to do that sort of crisis intervention therapy of and honestly, shaking him until he stops. And saying Umbridge is actually better than saying the X. Um, yeah. Because it puts it in perspective. Because I could romanticize the X. I can't romanticize Umbridge. Um, I'm sure somebody has. They're not my type. <laughs> that is... Fanfic exists somewhere. It I sure don't... as hell does. <laughs> <laughs> I do not read the Snape Umbridge fanfic. Uh, I don't. It might not. I, it might not even be Snape Umbridge. I don't. I. Re, mm, this is a tunnel I don't want to go down. Buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the darkness that is my mind. Everybody's uncomfortable. I feel fantastic. <laughs> anyway, no, I just don't want to go there. <laughs> anyway, what it boils down to is that, um, like for example, you just tried. He, so he started peppering me all the time about. Anything that made you happy, anything that made you happy, anything that made you happy. And like every week I'm like, no, no. I mean, there's good things, but it's not like they brought any happy stuff up or no, no. And it took like two months until I was able to find something. And it was actually your brother, uh, Eric. <laughs> um, what did he do? <laughs> he brought me Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Um. And I thought it was like the nicest thing ever because I was sick and I couldn't go to. You guys invited me and I couldn't go because I felt sick. And he stopped by to drop me off Thanksgiving dinner. And that made me so happy. I'm like, wait, I have a happy thought. <laughs> He's a good human. So uh, was... he just turned 30, incidentally, and I made him a cheesecake for his birthday. <laughs> oh, I don't. I keep on forgetting that you two are so young. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> um that, that that's besides the point. But um yes. I was able to like have a happy thought that wasn't related to Umbridge. So yes. I had something to latch on to. And I was able to build I was slowly being able to build off of that. Because you sometimes your friends will try to do whatever they can to try to make you not depressed, or they'll try to call you out on shit, but they're not doing it properly. Because you're able to already avoid all those minefields. Having somebody that, while they have your best interests at heart, knows absolutely shit about you to call you out on things is where the <laughs> therapy and the medication coincide to make things work. So, Well, and that's the thing where it, it's, it is important to have a professional and have someone who is not, like, in your day-to-day -day life sort of deal to check in with because that 
it is always good to have like friends with whom you can confide that's right. important right yes but having someone that you can go to outside of your day-to-day -day life that can help you put things in perspective without having their own like i don't want to say agenda because that makes therapists sound like they're trying to like do something bad or whatever but it makes you, well, your second agenda is also makes your friends sound like they're after you for a specific thing so i mean yeah. i am i'm absolutely after you for no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean right yeah. it's like our friends want us to be happy and they also want and and we there is a level to which we decide that as great as our friends are we have somehow tricked them right like <laughs> on some level somehow i have managed to trick all of these incredible people into thinking that i'm competent which i'm sure you saw my facebook post i am very competent and i'm very proud of that um but for a long time i didn't think so and right. this is the same thing with your friends right like you have somehow tricked them into thinking that you're a nice person and you deserve to be happy right we, we're very good at building that narrative when <laughs> when when our when we have either experienced trauma in which we are told that we shouldn't be happy or we just have a disorder that does that to us right so yes <laughs> yeah when you have someone outside of that who looks at you and says you know like brings you in on that it's very useful <laughs> very very well, very like, useful in the professional you can go off and actually say the things like this is a something I would have said this to my friend, but if I said it, they would worry about me and I mm -hmm. don't want them to worry about me Yep. because there's no way I could say this particular thing without feeling like I'm causing them grief. And yeah. you have a therapist or a professional to break things down for you. You could say it this way if you want to confide or even if it's the worst thing of, if you want to confide in your friend about that, that's the only way that you can put it. Yes. And they, they're going to tell you that sometimes you're going to have to make the hard choice and they're going to try to lay out as many options as possible. Like the medical therapist before the one I'm seeing, her suggestion was that I quit my job. <laughs> and I'm like, sure. <laughs> I will just pay my rent with this tree here that magically gives me money. And I will magically, and you're going to give me like free healthcare, right? Because when I quit my job, I'd said that toward, like, yeah, when I quit my job, you're going to let me have these sessions for free since I'm not going to have insurance, right? <laughs> then she was like, it's, yeah, all right. <laughs> um, but it's that, it's like, I'm lucky on that, on the fact of the therapy aspects. I know this. Um, and basically, the only thing that, People have said only thing that they said to me with that they can say without basically bringing HIPAA is except for like this last week is like the only thing they told me was you're the only one that's saying yeah I feel fine about everything that's going on because <laughs> like I said I'm just starting to crack but before this I'm like I'm good I'm working from home I have less stress I'm getting things accomplished I'm trying to get things done. Uh, I feel good, but at the same time, I'm being respectful to others that may not have the same feelings that I do. So yes. I'm being respectful of the fact that they are cooped up. They're not used to it. They need to be out and about. They don't know what they're going to do. They're 
furlonged or unemployed because of everything going on. All I can do is try to understand and not gloat. And if they ask me how I'm doing, I'm going to say, look, honestly, I'm feeling fine, but it's not about me at this point. It's about trying to help you out yeah. because I'm doing what I can and I'm fine. So don't worry about me in that respect. If there's a specific reason you're worried about me, yes, I'm getting fatter because I'm drinking more soda. I'm eating more cookies. I'm eating more bacon. Be- everybody's baking. <laughs> so That's like, Everybody's got sourdough starters going. <laughs> um, bread? I don't. I yet. haven't been inundated with bread from other people yet. Um, I'm yeah, waiting. I think that would break quarantine. Oh, no. They can just leave it on the doorstep and flee. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I have to say that I I don't know. Dialing this out a little bit, um, it was something I've been thinking. I was thinking about earlier today was for a a, a culture that prizes individual liberty as much as Americans do. We're not particularly good at uh, individual responsibility, right? Like I'm trying to think of a of of a good way to exemplify this. Like obviously, like we have these this small percentage of people making a really big deal about reopening because they want their haircuts right right uh there's a level of personal responsibility like none of those people if someone else in that crowd gets sick even if they find out that they are that they were like asymptomatic carriers right they're not going to look at that and say i might have gotten that person sick right? right that that is never going to occur to them because there is a huge disconnect for us culturally between us being personally responsible for something um, while also us having the ultimate freedom to make decisions for ourselves. And it's very strange because that's like one of those, it, the gap there is kind of unfathomable, right? So if, if you are allowed to make any decision that you see fit for yourself then surely you must also be responsible for the results of those decisions Mm -hmm. and that is not something that you that is actually done in terms of their own mental math and by they i mean like i i don't want to be like sound elitist about this i don't want to sound like separatist about this i don't want to sound like i don't think of myself as an american because fuck you i'm definitely a fucking american like (laughs) i've lived here my whole life, I'm a military brat. I have voted in every election that I've been able to. Like, I care deeply about politics. I care, care deeply about this country. Um, but culturally, there are just so many things that just don't make sense to me. And this, this fetishization of liberty with a complete disregard, disregard for responsibility is just really profoundly disturbing to me. Yeah, uh, when you were talking about that, I was just—it's been going on in the news basically with graphics about um the that Washington choir where um the one person had the virus and still went to choir practice. Uh-huh. They've been doing more studies about that specific thing. Um, I just made a bit po- post from the Mrs. Insider, an example. Um, that from that choir, there was fifty-three more cases with two deaths. And that person that does probably like I, maybe they're an exception. Like maybe they are an exception, and they feel really bad about this, and they have they actually do feel the responsibility, and there's something going on there that. But it's just that is so 
the likelihood of that, unfortunately, is probably not that high because we have this idea that despite the fact that we're allowed to make whatever decisions we want about ourselves and how we conduct ourselves, we're somehow also not responsible for those, for someone getting sick from our choices. Exactly. It's very frustrating. <laughs> but it's also, it is very much a, like, if we want to even dial this back further, like, I feel like it's like that separation is, is in some ways kind of an intentional thing. Right, because if going up to like talking about corporations as people and that sort of thing, if a corporation can pressure you into making a a bad decision for yourself, like buying a car you can't afford, right? They're going to pressure you into making that decision, and you're going to make that decision of your own volition because you're an American and you have the ability to make that decision for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Right. But they are going to wash their hands of you. The moment that is that car is in your possession, because it's not their fault if you do something stupid with that car, right? It doesn't matter if they knew, looking at your credit, for example, that you can't afford that, right? They don't want any responsibility for anything that they've done. So this isn't just a, a person-to-person thing. This is a like institutional <coughs> like view of how our world should work, I guess is that you are at once allowed to do whatever you want, but also never be held culpable for your actions. This actually is a good segue to something else that I wanted to bring up. Um, so, during this whole entire thing, I'm still going to school. Yeah. And my creative writing class ended, and now I'm in a social sciences class. What an apropos time. <laughs> yeah. And it's asking questions like, so tell us three things that are factors in your life that blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, all right, are you talking about in the before times or now? Because I don't remember the before times. <laughs> it's been that long already. Um, all I know is that the only factor is this pandemic. And this pandemic is causing all of my decisions. Every single decision I make is due to this pandemic. It's all related. And mm -hmm. I'm like trying to go through a, and it's basically a beginning social sciences class. It might be a 200 course, but basically it's just like a more organized version of the 100 course. Um, it's like, there is nothing that I can really relate to from what learning materials you're throwing at me right now, because Everything is COVID nineteen, and the only even the only thing that is even remotely amusing about this class is maybe going through and figuring out some information in regards to uh, how this is affecting our lives or whatnot. Um, I'm going through, and I actually I'm I'm actually making an A in the course so far. Granted, only two things have been officially turned in, but. One of the things was um, a short response thing about the um, setup. So one of the things is asking me about um, one of my teachers asked me about um, ask more details into my posts about the discussion about COVID-19. And I'm like, what other details can I give? Everybody is living through this. Well, I mean, our podcast has sort of turned into this. Um, we have a technical difficulty. 
I think the universe is telling us we need to stop. I uh, think so too. Eric has cut out. Um, it's okay, dude. Oh, you can't hear anything anyway, and we can't hear you. Fan fucking tastic. Um, fuck you, Craig. Um, I'm gonna blame the bot because it's always the bot. Um, but the to your point about what details can you add? Um to this narrative and on that note we will wrap it up the podcast has sort of become this time capsule for us uh we're talking about you know we're reaching out and letting people know they're not alone we're telling little stories you know how eric's entire life has come to a halt and who knows when it's going to start up again and that's you know some firsthand experience i mean talking about all of the little things that we've brought up over the past couple of weeks and when we go into health equity and how this is how it's suddenly fine to open everything back up because all it's going to do is kill pores um you know this is all important work and these are little things that we're adding to history and to the historical record so if you're listening out there in pot in you know meat space to us write everything down especially if you're stressed keep uh keep a journal write stuff down more. You write a blog. You don't have to publish it, but we need to remember what's going on, and we need to remember the truth, because um, our world is only going to get smaller, and it's only going to get easier to share germs across borders and across oceans. So let's be ready for the next one. So, and on that note, you're I all awesome. To, I want to bring up one more thing before we head out, because we okay. talked about it briefly last week. I just want to expand on it. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm serious about helping out Gretchen. I mean, I only have I only have so much money, but if it ends with a Boba Fett fucking pole dance, I I don't see how this is a bad thing. We could, you know, promo so it with the we're, we're, we're going to go through and push a fundraiser out just to try to get this done. So I mean, it'll put groceries, it'll it'll keep her lights on, it'll put food on her table, and it will please me greatly. So yes. I see this as a win-win. If we can raise raise funds to make Gretchen do things <clears throat> in exchange for money, this is the way. <laughs> and we'll and we'll try to do more of this as the year goes on with other people too. But I'm gonna go through and put watch this space, listen to this space. We're gonna put out more details about that. And, and we can, how to help you know, help us fund this out. So uh, the Boba Boba Fett pole dancing sponsored by the funds from We All Have an X Chromosome and their supporters. So oh, yeah, from from the intersection from the intersectional feminist sphere of We All Have an X Chromosome, because what can be more intersectional than um, supporting uh, ex- burlesque dancers and other sex workers? Um, also, please remember, go listen to Alpha Rift stuff, stream his stuff. You don't even have to officially listen to it. Um, are you leaving the house for 10 hours? No, you're not leaving the house for 10 hours. Who am I kidding? Nobody's leaving the house. When you go to bed, stream his stuff in another room, just so he's getting hits, so he's getting revenue. Uh, rate, review his stuff. Push, push the algorithms for him so he can get his life back together because it went to shit when all of his shows got canceled. And if you, um, if you know performers and you know vendors and you know people, if you were going to go to a con, you were going to go to a show, you were going to go see someone live, see your local band live, Venmo them some money find or PayPal or find a way to kick them some cash. You were going to spend that money on them anyway. They still need it. 
You're gonna buy a shirt. Still go buy the shirt. Buy yeah, buy a shirt. If you were gonna go to the, if you were gonna go to the last couple weekends of Arizona Renaissance Festival, and you didn't get to go, um, find all of the uh, Fair Relief 2020 and all of the other sites. Uh, I think there's a virtual Ren Fair that is all about featuring shows and vendors and all of the stuff you love about the things we're not getting to do in meat space um, so that we can all get together again as soon as it's safe. I miss um, meat space. I don't. I'm in it still. It's full of awful. Well, re- rephrase. I miss the meat space, meat spaces I liked being in. Like uh, being in a tabletop game with my friends and things oh, like that. Not like, I have been, go ahead. Yeah, I've been reminded of Consolation, um, spelled C-O-N-C-E-L-L-A-T-I-O-N. There's like a con, but it's a it's a Facebook group that features convention vendors and acts and all of that stuff to help your your con circuit gigs. It's um, a never-ending never-con. It, it's a con you don't have to put on pants to go to. Um, what could go wrong with that? Um, and you also don't have to worry about not... About your gamer funk bothering other people because you're at home. You don't have to shower or worry about any of that stuff. If you want to sit around in no pants and shop and you know walk a virtual dealer's hall, no one can stop you. But I mean, I want to give credit where credit's due. I know LARPers that are still going through and putting up their full wearing full dress for their tabletop games on uh, Zoom just so. They can feel normal because and I get that. That's important anyway. too. Yeah, that's that's important too. Um, do your routines if you're doing a virtual gaming group through Zoom or one of the less spywary um, video chat platforms. There are a bunch, including Discord. Fucking use them instead of Zoom. Zoom is trash. Um, They're not trash. They were unprepared. But they also like to communicate things to cops. Like they're a little bit spywary. A lot, um, but be be careful what you're using. This app that suddenly got hammered. Yeah, welcome to everything pivoting in a completely different direction. If you notice, the industries that are full of you know marginalized people have managed to redirect and rebound. Um, like teaching, which is a lot of women, and healthcare is really important, and retail and food service, which is getting hit disproportionately, and had to pivot and refocus really fucking fast to even slow you know try to not founder um it's where the marginalized people work so again we are the slums (laughs) we are the slums of sector seven we have to take care of ourselves because shinra is not going to they're just going to drop the plate so i think that's a good way to go through and end this next week we're going to be talking about half Health inequity, which really is uh, really is triggering all of us right now. Yes, because um, most of us are poor and don't have access to health care uh, or mental health care, and you know, poor people get hit by sickness a lot more um, hard, a lot harder. Blah, my English, it sucks. Um, well, you know, That's the marginalized and the poor get hit disproportionately with everything. And, you know, we'll get to talk about some really dark, serious stuff. So we'll try to yep. make sure there's verbal kittens throughout. We have a guest for that, and we'll 
also prepped the verbal kittens just for a little break. So, yeah, because my name's Bill and I'm Noel. And now it's time to kick out the bot, and we all have a next chromosome. Yes, go away, Craig. Get out. As a breath, bye. Swiftly as a wind, gentle as a sigh. Hear it calling me home. Hear it calling me listening. Hear it calling my soul. Come and be my guide. Walking by my. As a breath be taken, given, taken, given, calling me home. Come and be my Breath